Okay, today's learning is the Ili Nishmas. Sorry, Sheva. Bas Eliyahu. All of her children, grandchildren, and great grandchildren should be Mamish Gibber. Infinite, eternal Nachas. And Shishiri Ameli Tiyoshi to knock on heaven's door once and for all and end all confusion that exists in this world and bring Mashiach. Also, we're going to learn to the Rafu Shlema of Rivka Miriam Bas Sarah. Quick, 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 Rifua. Okay, Chavra. We're in the middle of Otchet. We've been in the middle right now of a very powerful piece about waking up. The Piyasetzner is, is trying to explain to us how to push it, how to wake up for real. How to really wake up. Um, you know what? Let's snap a few shots of this to get, if you can, just to make sure you see what's actually happening here. So what we started last week, and we're in the, we, we started last week, page 21, if you have it inside. On page 21, the Piyasetzner was explaining to us how you need to imagine in front of you, and you can be somech on the rivet for this, that you can imagine in front of you standing before Kisei HaKovod, and what a gift it is that you have the privilege to pray before HaKadosh Baruch Hu. That, you know, that's like the Tanya says, is one of the most incredible things about this world, is when a Jew comes to one moment of realization that there's a Hashem in the world, He's running the whole world. That's chitzon yusayev. You know, just acknowledging that Hashem exists in the world. That's chitzon. That's, that's tapping into chitzon yusayev, the outer chambers of the heart. How do you get to the pnim yusayev, the inner chambers of the heart? Yes, there is a Hashem and He's running the world and I have something to do with Him? That's already, that's pnim yusayev. So there are many holy yidlach that are really operating only on the level, which is also a gewalt, acknowledging that Hashem exists in the world. That's incredible. But this, what the PSSN spoke to us about last time, was that, and I can come before the Kisei HaKovid and, and have anything to do with it? It's amazing. Now, and we've spoken about this. Previous generations, it was enough for a Jew to feel close to Hashem and holy and stark and whatever it is, just by the outer chamber access. That was enough. Acknowledgement. But today, it's not enough for anybody. You got so many people that are so depressed and so, they're so gone, they're so full of yush. You ask them, do you believe in Hashem? They say, of course I believe in Hashem. He says, why are you so sad? It's like, because what does it have to do with me? And then PSS is saying, listen, for our avoda of living with consciousness and being aware and acknowledgement, it's the pnimius of You have to imagine that you have to let sayer bedin yoncha, that you're standing before kisei hakavod. So if we were really doing this properly, the Avodah, and I asked my Mechilam from all of you, because we really should have done a guided meditation on the way we learned last week, standing before Kisei HaKovod. But today I saw many people that learned the second piece of this Ot Chet on page 22, and they learned it out on the level of a guided meditation. We'll see if we could do both. So if you can, page five, uh, the fifth line in page 22. And if you're incapable of awakening yourself, of waking up by placing your worry in front of you and seeing that it's mamish at whatever you're going through, a certain sense, what he spoke about last time, taking a certain concern that you have in life, you know, taking your financial concern, not that any of us should, none of us should have financial concerns, we should be so filled with Harchavas Hon, with a, an expansiveness in the, in the Parnasa field, but none of us should know what to do with our Meiser. We should be calling each other, saying, listen, I don't know where to, you know, 
Do you know who needs? I, I, I got to get rid of another 10G right now. Not, 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 not a good BG. I, I, who needs, right? That's a, that's, a, that's a concern. He says, the PSS says, not, when that blocks you, put that in front of Kisei Yaakov and say, this concern that I have is Mamish blocking me from feeling one with you. It's, it's put it there. But he said, and any type of concern. Now, but now look what he says. And today's heavy stuff. Yossi, you're going to love today. This is Mamish, really. This is one very, we've spoken about this many times. And if you can't wake up from some kind of a worry, worry something that's in your life, do what the Gemara says. What? Remind yourself that you're going to be six feet under. Now, this is a very interesting thing. We're supposed to be full of life, not thinking about death. Yet each of us in this room, people are going to be sitting shiva over us. I'm not trying to sound too dramatic. This is just a very real thing we need to go through right now. You know how you have those moments of enlightenment when you walk away from a funeral and you're like, wow, life's so temporary. Life's so, so temporary here. It's so temporary here. And then you have an root to get your act together, but that lasts to like the next, next mincha. It doesn't last for too long. PSS says, you have, to, you have to wake up and realize, remind yourself that you're going to die. Remember what the... Famous Gemara says, I think it's Rabbi Eliezer, he says that um, every person has to do tshuva like it's the last day of their life. Right? On a level of like it's the last day of their life, like the day before they die. So they ask him, he says, Rabbi, how do you know when you're, who knows when they're going to die? When's the day of their death? He says, exactly. Since you don't know, treat, treat, treat each day like it's like this. So we're going to understand today, what, the, what does that mean to really put that in front of you? All right, with all the fear with all the trepidation, what does that do when you put it in front of you? Not just yaskirlo, remind yourself, he's going to take this and put it right in front of our faces. And just wanted to mention this too, our family, we, this my, I lost another uncle this morning, my second uncle in the last two months, Gidon Ben Pinchas, and my, my first cousins are suffering with this right now. They're gonna, my first cousins are going to bury their abadna tomorrow. Not this general concept that says, oh, one day we're going to die. It's okay. That doesn't do anything to me. What does that do to me? That I know? That I, that I remember that every day? It doesn't do anything to me that I remember that one day we're going to die. The Gemara says, the Rishonim know they're also going to die one day. But this is what they lack. They only know this. It's not a real yedi'ah that causes their hearts to be broken. Yeah, they know. One day I'm going to die. So, since one day I'm going to die, what should I do now? Just party. Remember that, that horrible... I told you I had these kids come to my house when spent the Shabbos by me a few years ago. Very sweet kids, friends of ours from Boca, they came and spent Shabbos on one of the summer programs, I think, and their whole debut during the meal was the current modern day, like, Rashi Teva slang in English. Yolo, FOMO. Yolo, FOMO. Everything was, was that Lushan. Do you guys know this Lushan? <laughs> huh? Ooh. A little bit, right? I didn't know any of it. Bina and I were trying to understand what their English was Sounds the whole like meal. English, yeah, so like, wait a second. Those are English letters. What's going on here? 
so one when they when they explained to me one of them, I realized, wow, that's a really dangerous, dangerous Rashi Tevos in English that everyone's using. YOLO. What's YOLO? You only live once. That's not true. What is it? What is it? Right. That's you, what it stands for. You o- no, it's true. That's what it stands for. You only live once. So the way a Russia looks at that is like, yeah, you only live once. They so might as well make the best out of it, right? So, so do the Rashaim know they're going to die? Yes, but what is it? It's a Yidiyak Lalit. It's like this general, yeah, you only live once. A Yidala says, you know, I don't know how many times I'm going to have to be sent down into this world, but I, might, I don't want to ever have to come back here to do another Tikkun in this world because it doesn't get, it's, this is really not simple, right? the whole trip, like... This world, Noach, Adam, Shalom, Nivra. So he's so he's saying here the fact that a Russia knows that one day he's going to die does no hashpa, has no influence on the way he looks at life and the way he acts. But us Jewish people, and us hopefully us Talmidei Abal Shemto say we only have. Who knows how many times we have or we've been here before, right? You know, it's very clear that n- none of us are here for the first time, right? That we're all here. This is probably like third, fourth, maybe tenth Gilgul that we've been here in this world trying to finally get it right. Why is that clear? I'm it's sitting... Why is it clear to everybody? You're sitting amongst Kabbalists, uh, Jack. Come on, we, we all know this, come on. We all know this, not just the Yediyah Klalis, we know this. <coughs> it's got to be a Yediyah Klalis, the Sheken Shoveret et Alev. It has to be a Yediyah when I think about this, that I'm going to die one day. It needs, it needs to break my heart open. Now look what he says. Yetzayeret hadavar sheover al kol ish laachar arichat yamav ushnotav. Now, you know what you should draw and imagine before you right now. What's going to happen to you, to you, to you, to our physical bodies after we adna ve'esrim? What's going to happen to us? Ech yistakel barega acharon al kol haolam ve'albanav. Take a look at the world that you're going to have to say goodbye to. Take right now, take a look at your children that one day you're going to have to say goodbye to. To, to separate himself from them. In his body, he goes down. We're all going to be going down to the bottom of the earth filled with Rimavetolea. Um, yeah, there's no other better way of saying this. Worms. Rotten and worms. And forget about the body, okay? That's that's the body, but what about the neshama? And on the neshama level, the neshama is not sure where they're going to be saying Shalom Aleichem to him. His sons will surround him. They're going to start crying. My father, my father. Children are going to start surrounding the, the, our, our, our bodies and saying, Oh, Abba, Abba. And we can't do nothing. His loved ones and his family will call out to him. And you hear. The Neshama hears. And understands everything. And, and you can't do nothing at that moment. There's nothing you can do. At that moment, you're, you're, you're begging to come back and console your loved ones. But the 
Sorry, no access. No exceptions. And no exceptions. Vehagaron mitkavetz ad kedei And your throat then starts to like, he's getting very graphic here, okay? Whatever, so certain things we'll just leave over here. And with strength, and at that moment, when you want the most to console those who you love and tell them, I love you so much, what do they do to you? They rip out your neshama through your, through your throat and through your heart. At that, that was the moment of death. Now we're talking about at the moment that you're being escorted to the graveyard. His children bang their heads against the wall, screaming and crying, My father, did you leave us forever? You've been ripped away from us forever? And this person throws themselves on the, on the floor. And with such a bitter voice, it screams, whines, it means to like... Yalala. Yeah. Huh? Whale. Whale. Yeah. You know where we have that concept of melala, yilul? There's machlokis in the Gemara, in Rosh Hashanah, what the sounds of the shofar should be. Some say it should be yalalat yelel. And what's the other meaning? A kind of whining? think of sister's mother. Yeah? A whine. That's what the Gemara says. A whining thing? Or there's another type of screaming. But he says here that there's a voice, a bitter voice that's screaming and whining, wailing. I can't live without you. How many Levi's have we been to? Where that's what we hear at the funeral. Where the child says, it doesn't matter what age it is. Could be it's, a, it's an orphan at the age of 15. It could be it's an orphan at the age of 70. Father and child, that's always there. Doesn't matter what age it is. And it's saying, I can't imagine living without you. What, you're, you're, and, and the neshama's there. You can't do a thing. You think that you, 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 the crier, the mourner, you think you're going to die because you can't imagine continuing to live like this. You don't think there's any more life in you because it's going to leave you as well. This type of crying, for some, for crying over a lost one, not just scares the living people that are around you. He says it scares the dead. It scares the neshamas that are still kind of in between worlds that realize, oh my God, where are they going to bring me to now if I, can, I can't do anything to the pain that's left behind? Now, I don't know if you've ever been to a funeral where this is not what happens where it's more, there's, there's immense pain, but there's some kind of a shlemus. I don't know if you've ever been to a funeral like this, where there's this, with all the pain that exists, there's, there's not this energy happening. You ever been to a funeral like that? Not a funny, I've been to funerals where people are so disconnected from their emotions that they crack jokes the whole time as well. It's very uncomfortable. But what about a funeral where there's just oneness in the air? Who, who was at Stephen's funeral from here? Anyone, was anyone at Stephen Esses? Yeah. Do you remember uh, Stephen Esses' funeral? Uh, was anyone there from here? Remember Stephen, Shlomo David, Ben Moshe, we've been, we've been davening for so long. My old Balabai, my dear Chaver. I think Shloshim was this week. His wife, and what pain, my God, torture, little kids saying Kaddish. 
but there was such a voda pnimis going on while he was still in this world that when his wife got up to speak and everyone was petrified to hear her because she's mamish a shever kli, she's a very fragile, amazing person, but very fragile, very sensitive. She gets up and what's the first thing she says in front of the body of her deceased husband? I couldn't believe it. Hodu Hashem kitov ki leolam chazdom. That's what she said. You know, and, and at that moment, there was this, not that we're shalem, oh, we accept this Hashem, but there was this notion of, there was some big tikkunim taking place while this person was alive. If this is how the widow is speaking next to his body, and yes, she spoke about the pain as well, but it was more like with the love that you left for us while you were still here in this world, Stephen, and with all the chinuch that you gave us while you were still here, we know we're going to get through this world as painful as it is. So there was this inyan of like, while he was still alive, they were putting this dinyon in front of them, working on stuff while they were here, so that at the funeral, the wife opens up her exasperate saying, Hodu Lashem Kitov Kidolam Chazdo. I'm telling you, it was a moment, not, whoever was there, it was edged in their hearts forever when she got up and gave, began her hesped, forever. But you sense that type of avira through each hesped of the children as well. However, that's rare. It's an exception. It's not usually like this. That's not usually what happens. So, we're on the fifth line from the bottom. Kolam their voice frightens those who are alive and those that are dead, those, the wailers. And all the people, everyone that's there, looks at these, at, at children that feel so not shalem, crying their eyes out, and it rips your heart out to go to the funeral like this and see this and hear these voices. There's like a there's like a riot, and almost like an, an embarrassing riot that's taking place at these moments. But what happens? Vesof kolsof. But at the end of the funeral, kulam shavim levetan. Everyone goes to their own home. Ve'evehu efonishar. And where is he left? Ve'imin nishar. And is with who is he left? The neshama. So he says, "Ubifrat specifically, kshayilmad reishis chokma, the sefer reishis chokma, zohar or midrashim, all the different works on the zohar and the midrash that speak about mimashiover alav ve'al nishmato acharkach, which what happens to a person and what what a person has to go through. You know, there's like moments in the writings of the Baal Atanya where he speaks about this place called Kaf Hakela." It's a Kabbalistic term. But the Altarebbe speaks about this place where you're in between both worlds and there's two types of Gehenom that a person can go through. One is called Gehenom Shel Eish and one is called Gehenom Shel Shelig. So Gehenom Shel Eish, we have that imagery, you know, that fiery place of hell. You know, Gehenom Shel Shelig is? It's like, you know that feeling that, you know, I felt a little bit that first Shabbos, I was in Montreal, Mechila, but I felt that, that Shabbos in a January where it was this cold that I... I Minus 30. Yeah. <laughs> and it was this bitter, bitter, bitter coldness where it's just, 
your bones, like, you know, they say bone chilling, like, literally, you feel that your each bone is about to crack, you know, from being so cold, from being so frozen. So he says here, there's places that, you know, it's brought in the Sfarim when you learn about what happens to you. Like, we want to ignore it, because, you know, Reb Nachman says, it's a mitzvah to be, it's to be happy, so I can't think about these things too much, right? What, is, <laughs> what does Yossi always tell us? We're at, the, we're at the restaurant, there is a bill to pay. They're going to, you're going to have to pay for the meal, right, at the end. We don't want to think about it always, so that's why, you know, if we're trying to recruit people to join us more on Tuesday mornings, this probably wouldn't be the sheer that we're going to spread out and say, hey, come, and start your, start your day with inspiration, right? But this is part of the process of learning B'nai Shabbatova, of learning the PSS, they're forming a Chabura that is willing to deal with the things that we usually don't want to deal with but putting it in front of us. Why? Because we need to wake up. We need to wake up. <laughs> and for certain people, they need more than just imagining that they're standing before Kisei Akava. That's not enough for them. For some people, that is enough. For some people, that's not enough. But for many people, they need to go here to this place and snap out of that delusional reality that this world is permanent. Because it's not. At all. Our days are like a passing shadow. What is, what's the lashon there? Our days are like a ruach noshavet, like a wind that just blows, comes in and out. And like, like dust that just, you know, just blossoms up into the air. And bye bye. That's read, you know, tzaddikim, that's how they live. That's the awareness, that's the consciousness that they're living in all the time. So he says, the bottom line, when you, when you really take this to heart, and this is the Svarim you're looking into, and you're putting it right in front of you, as betach yitrachech gamlev ha'even. What must happen when you really are willing to put this in front of you? What does yitrachech mean, yitrachech? Rach, right? What will soften? Lev ha'evin, the heart of stone. Remember, for all, for this is a Torah we all, we always learned. Reb Nachman did not pass away in Breslov, and he didn't live in Breslov most of his life. He lived in Breslov the main last eight years of his life. Before then, he was traveling all over the place, spent time in Zlatipolia, all these other places. Why was it when they came to Breslov? He said, "I want my Hasidim to be known as Breslovers because Breslov," he said, "was otiot lev basar." I want to remove Hasiroti Mikem Lev Evan. I want to remove my whole job in this world with my Chavra, with my Chasidim, Reb Nachman said, is to remove the heart of stone so that we can be in touch with the heart of flesh, Lev Basar. And that's why, and that's Otiot Brest, that's why he, there's a whole Nekuda there. Although I will say that I was pretty disappointed when we went to Uman last time and people took this concept and I think really messed it up because the, new, the latest big fat shawarma joint on Pushkina is called Lev Basar. <laughs> you saw it in it? It's the corner. Yes, you saw it? Lev Basar. Like Reb Nachman speaking, but I want to name my people Breslovers. Lev Basar, right? And on Uman, this beautiful, in the middle of this most disgusting place in the world, Uman, right? This disgusting, disgusting town, big Lev Basar. Big shawarma, but pictures of big fat shawarmas on scurries, you know? I don't know if that's what Rabbi Nachman meant. <laughs> <laughs> <coughs> no. 
But he says, if you if you take this to heart, then what will happen to you? Your lave Evan, and lave Evan is this buildup of I gotta be a warrior to defend what I have in this world. It's all subconscious of what I do in myself. gam Evan. The lave Evan will become softened. Umin merirut and from the bitterness and being sensitive from this, yale el tfila kanal. Now, you now you'll know how to start davening. Yale el tfila kanal. Now, when I do imagine myself standing before Kisei Yakovod, I'll have a little bit of an understanding of what it, what am I actually davening for. You won't be lacking hitorerut, you won't be lacking awakening, you won't be lacking lacking the proper machshavas. Aflo emuna ahava Hashem. And you'll have plenty of ahava, emuna, and yira before HaKadosh Baruch Hu. When what takes place? When you'll know how to actually start talking to HaKadosh Baruch Hu. You see, this whole imagery that we did right now was not just to scare us, it was to enable us to have the flow of our speech before Hashem start working. Most of us get to davening, and when we do have a moment when the heart cracks open, we, we're not even sure what to do with it. But he's saying over here, the whole point of, of, of doing this whole imagery is not that we should now be sad. I mean, granted, it's a horrible, like Rev. Lazar Brody said, can you imagine how much you want your children to have atzlacha and parnasa? That's what Hashem wants you to have. So that imagery of imagining it for your children always works. As much as we want our children to have everything in the world, what does it do to you when you know that your child, and I say Be'ezer Hashem because it shouldn't be the opposite, that chas v'shalom, you should be escorting your child to the kever. God forbid, but I'll be the nature that your child will escort you as you're being placed in the world. What does that do to you? What's your day like gonna be today? What, what is that gonna do? How could you how could life how could the day just be the same? How could it be the same? But the shaila is, do you think it's possible to have a moment of at your kvura when there's not this insane weeping and freaking out of, oh my god, what's gonna be now? Or is there because you can't do anything at that moment? Or can there be a moment of when you're being laid to rest that you've worked on, you've cleansed your insides so much while you're in this world that your children walk escorting you to the next world with such gava, pride, this was my Abba, this was my Ima and they gave me the tools to maneuver through this very troubling maze called Olam Hazeh so we're still alive, Chaste Hashem we, we could do that if that, you know, that's the hit or root and that's the <coughs> Like a day, a limud like this, it's not enough that we say, okay, this is what they learned in Piyasetzna. This is what the Bnei Machshava Tov we're talking about. Some days I think like it's, you know, it's enough, we have to just say, okay, this is what they were dealing with, right? But some days like, learn, like learnings that we have today, this is a real important point. It's a very important point. And if you get depressed from it, then it, it just means that we didn't really enough. We didn't really get to the, the, the insides of it because this is supposed to make us awake, not Khalila make us more asleep while we're in this world. So on a level of Lemaisa, what would our tefillah sound like after doing this imagery once in a while? Like 
What does the davening then sound like? How do you talk to Hashem afterwards? What are some things we, you, you, you would offer for the sake of helping Chavra in this room and those that are learning with us online? What would you then say? What does what your davening sound like? Your Hisbordu sound like when you stand before Hashem? Go for it. Yeah. I don't, I, I'm not trying to be chutzpah. I don't want to hear about the Tanakh. I don't want to hear about Rabbi Nachman. I want to hear about you right now. I'm saying, I'm saying, I'm, I'm in front of Hashem right now, and I'm saying, wow, uh, I don't deserve to be here, and I wish my actions um, gave me a little bit of suriot, but they're not there yet. And please, Hashem, just give me the strength to to be the person you want me to be. And whatever I need to do today, please give me the strength to be there, be there fully. Amen. And to do it quietly and sadly with so much of that. Amen. Yes. I mean, back to, back to the mashal that we've spoken about, which is, again, it's not just that you're at a restaurant, you can't pay a at a restaurant, you're ordering up a storm, thinking you got this covered, and then the, and the waiter comes with the bill, and, and you're just like, what? I, I, oh my gosh, you ordered this? I, 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 didn't, I can't cover this. <laughs> And so, and they're closing the restaurant. And they're closing the restaurant, and you're on the hook for it. And you, you know, everyone, your friends are gone. I mean, they, they had a great time at your expense, um, but but like you're stuck with the bill, and you better you know come up with it. And so I, I very much relate to that because that's what I feel. At my own, that, that's what I feel. I think that's kind of what he's saying. So so when I when I when I'm in that that zone, I'll I'll say look, like two things. One is try to cut back my expenses, meaning. Like help me not order so much, and two is give me some cash to pay for this, um, because I'm going to have to pay. Like I, I, I get that, and so like on both sides, like like mm-hmm. hey, don't let mm-hmm. me like be too much of a Baltaiva and like order up a storm here. I'm going to eat, but like let's let's keep it a little limited and, and let's like really try to be on top of it. And then also like I also got some back debt and current debt, and probably future debt. So it's just like if you can. Help me out with that as well. Right. <laughs> so that I can have this kind of funeral. <laughs> right. Right. I'm full of that. Right. I, this is not a, 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 a depressing. It's true. Party. Like like when we when we're not looking at it from the inside, and I said to you, and I say to you, what kind of funeral do you want? Do you want people crying their eyes out over you because how much you were you meant to them and you missed them, or would you want a, a peaceful, like right celebration? Celebration. So when you're when you're looking at when you're not going inside Panemius, so you're saying, of course I want people to cry for me, but that's not. What, but when you're from the, when you're there on the other side, you don't want anyone crying for you. You don't want anyone crying for you because you can't do anything about it. It kills you. <coughs> it, it torches the neshama. It torches the neshama. You know, there's a whole Indian by Hasidim. To really, really not, not be magzim with hespedim, with eulogies. 
I was just by the funeral of a, a big rabbi in Chabad, and uh, you could have given Schwartz's funeral. You could have given Mamish a week long of his crying as spadim at that funeral. No spadim. It was also Friday. It was in Spas by the by the cemetery of the Ari, where the Arizal is buried. Right? And I always thought that the reason that there's no hespedim at the funeral is just because you you know they're, they're, the neshama is being brought before kisei hakavod. You don't want them to look down at this you know at the hespedim and look at the neshama and saying, "Do you realize how much they're exaggerating right now?" Right? right? <laughs> like you're gonna have to pay, right. for that too. pay for that too. Yeah. Right? For that too. You fooled them. Yeah, you fooled them really. But 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 now I see like another dimension. Like. You fool, look how the good they're talking about you. Okay, you thought it's also that on you. I don't think it's only that now. I feel like what he's saying over here is that that's, that, that's so painful for the neshama to see that. So we say, like, don't be barbed with a spade in too much because at that moment there's nothing the neshama could do before, you know, to, to console that pain. Aye, but what really, what would be an amazing thing? A celebration of life with all the pain, even if Chas Vishon, the death was tragic. Okay, by Stephen, it was a tragic, tragic death. Meaning, it didn't happen in a second. It was a long, brutal, brutal fight with the Machla. Brutal, and she alluded to how brutal it was during the Hesped too. But not once was there any Indian of, of, why. I can't! It wasn't, it wasn't that. It wasn't that. Because there was some kind of a concept here of this person woke up while he was alive. I have to tell you, Steve, he was, he, Mamish, woke up. A few days later, another friend of mine died from the Moshav, Baracha Schwartz. I, I want to collect her postings on her Facebook status. Did you see any of her Facebook statuses this last year? Oh my God how she woke up, how she mamish woke up. I don't know if any of you saw the footage of her literally dying. Did any of you see this that's footage? Been that's been in my head. Is that bad? Yeah. Yeah. Literally last breaths. Her last breaths. You've never spoken about that. I've been meaning to like, yeah. yeah. I ran out of the hospital when I saw that it was, when it was becoming more and more, I'm a coin. I was like, I have to get out of here. Never happened before. Um, this dear friend of ours, I know since I'm a kid. She talked about celebration of life. Her last few hours in the world, she was surrounded by about 30 to 40, 50 people, family and loved ones, that sang her to the next... It was Motzei Shabbos. Someone said this was the first Malava Malka he ever experienced, escorting of the queen into the next world. You know who it is. From the Moshav, Elion's mother. The, you know what kind of shlemus there was that Levi? Pain? Absolutely. Missing? Absolutely. Celebration of what a Yid can do while they're in this world? This is, this is really, that's the real thing. You know, that's really, that's the utmost. That's the utmost thing. Certain people don't have to work hard on imagining Yom Hamita, the day of death, because it's right in front of them. But we were so humbled in that room, that hospital room, it's, if I feel like I have a bond with each person that was around that bed, it was like something like we shared a moment. It's like I'll never, you can't, you're not you're not the same anymore. You're just not the same. Of course, afterwards for some humor, like during the shiva, we were saying like uh, we used to get calls to like, hey, you know, can you do a shlomo wedding? And now there's gonna be like 
Okay, if you do a Shlomo death, that's going to be a new thing now. Like, if you do Shlomo deaths, not, not, Rip Shlomo Karavach types of right? that you sit around and you, you serenade a person to the next rook. I, it was the highest thing, ever, one of the highest things I ever experienced in my life. Ever. And it was really, really this Indian of like, we didn't walk away from there saying, oh my God, I better get my act together. That wasn't necessarily the feeling. It was like, oh my God. It's possible to do the work while you're still here. That's what it felt like. It's possible to do the work while you're still here. So the tefillah that I came out of that one was, please let it not take a horrible, severe illness for me to come to that realization. Let me do that now. So this basically is what we're learning about, not just today. Like the point of our learning really isn't you know, just to reach moments like today to wake up. It's to realize that when we're sitting here talking about the real things about life, trying to explain what it means to be an Eved Hashem in this world, not how from or how not from I am, how modern I am, is to really think about, to be conscious, to be awake, it's so that we don't wait for Chas V'Shalom, that I need to remind myself that one day I'm going to die to get my, to get my act together. Reb Nassim says somewhere that the tachas of a person in this world is to reach that, to access that realization without a trauma. But that, that's just the natural flow of life. So I think that, uh, you know, if we keep on just letting the piyasetzner words pierce our soul and stay naman to being awake, just really like being really faithful to being awake, then we'll, the, 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 the next kufa in our lives could really be a really, you know, the way we spend the rest of our lives could be a really, really, really beautiful way of making sure that we're doing everything we can in this world so that when we leave this world, there's, there's this sense of celebration, serenity, and peace through, through our loved ones and through everyone that we've, we've been close to. And that illusion that Yetzirah comes and makes us mamish forget every single day, that he makes us forget that Anu Yameinu there that our days are like temporary winds that are coming and blowing the other way, Hashem should give us infinite, infinite kochos to really attach ourselves to Him. To be zochah, we should be privileged when we talk to Hashem, like you were saying, that there's no, the way you said it was very interesting, is like there's no, I'm not saying it because I know I'm supposed to be talking to Hashem right now. I'm not saying this because that's what a Jew does. I'm saying this because my shorish neshama can't continue existing in this world unless I really develop a really strong dialogue with your in the most real and passionate way. Our children should see that. Children that see their parents engaged in a real relationship with Hashem, they grew up with such pride. They grew up with such excitement. They grew up with such gratitude that when they're a little bit older and they become parents, then they'll say, wow, I'm so thankful that these are the parents that I chose. This is the home you put me in. And for a parent to look at a child and, say, and see that their child is thankful to Hashem that this is their home, is there a greater feeling in the world? Nothing. But it shouldn't take our deaths in order for us to see that. That can happen already in this world, too. Amen. All right. All right, everyone.